Hello, are you ready to dive into a world of captivating conversations and insightful perspectives with Leap Listens? I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Roger. Hello. And together we'll be your guides through our third podcast series. Leap Listens is proudly presented by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency that partners with organisations to communicate their unique culture and values. Go and check us out at leapcreate.co.uk. So join us as we explore the latest trends, share success stories and uncover the secrets of effective communications in the workplace in just 15 minutes or maybe a little bit more. Welcome to the podcast, Jerry. Hi, guys. Hello. Excellent. Thanks, Jerry. So, Jerry, tell us um, about you and, um, and what you do. Uh, OK, so ooh, I wear many hats. So I am currently the um, client director at Global Media and Entertainment. Uh, I work across the FMCG and telecoms um, categories. But within that role, I have lots of other responsibilities. One of them is I am the co-chair of our families network. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sort of a brand ambassador of our Rise, which is our ethnic minority network. I'm an all-round sort of busybody <laughs> with a, a nose and a head on most things that are around inclusivity. And then outside of Global, I actually run a, I'm the founder of a, a CIC, a social enterprise called the Uncommon Collective which specifically looks to support young people um, from marginalised backgrounds into the media industry and other industries. So, yeah, I, I do I do a lot. <laughs> well, it does, yeah. You're sort wow. of making me feel like an underachiever. <laughs> what was it that inspired you to explore the topic of intergenerational work environments? Um, there's a couple of reasons. Firstly, I think the work I do as part of uh, my CIC, the Uncommon Collective, I work and coach uh, with a lot of under 18s um, again in my capacity at global we have a global academy and I also do a lot of work with those guys so I'm generally around a lot of people that are half my age and over the last two to three years the amount I've learned the amount I've experienced the amount that have, you know they that I've learned from them they've learned from me and the conversations that we have around supporting them in the workforce re- really made me think that actually this is something that needs to be explored more because when people often talk about inclusivity it's very much around some of the more protected characteristics like disability mm-hmm. like race and you know and gender and those are important but actually you know intergenerational isn't a protected characteristic and yet we have a workforce that is filled with at least three or four different generations and you know that is that, that has caused some tensions and you know, if we are going to create a more inclusive workforce, then understanding the challenges, the benefits, you know, and how we can all work together helps create good working practices. What are some of the most common challenges faced by businesses in fostering an intergenerational workforce? The one I hear at the most, so again, because of the level I'm at, um, the one I hear a lot from managers is the work-life balance. So if you think about the fact you know, often you've got managers that are generally, and I'm, I'm going to make a bit of a sweeping statement here, but generally 35 plus managers who are managing um, employees that are 25 plus or 20 plus even in some cases. And the work-life balance, so the expectations of that younger generation, so particularly if you think about millennials, um, the expectation of Gen Z and millennials of what the workplace will be like versus the expectations and lived experience of that Gen X is is, is can be quite contra- contrasting. So I think that that work life balance and getting that right has been um, it's been quite difficult. And in particular, I think even more so now with 
you know, coming out of the pandemic with flexible working, I think that's that continues to be a challenge for all. Um, I think other challenges are communication styles, the traditional means of communicating. So if I think about potential CEOs, um, and again, I'm going to make a sweeping statement, not all companies, but, you know, if you think about, you know, as a stereotypical CEO, you would imagine generally to be maybe someone, you know, post 40, post 50, their communication style versus a much younger workforce can feel very jarring to, to both, actually. So I think communication styles have been quite challenging. Those are the two um, sort of two areas that I often hear of a mm -hmm. lot. But I mean, it's kind of across everything. It's kind of expectations around work, how you communicate, um, how you dress, flexible benefits, the kind of benefits that they're offering can be quite challenging. You know, do they support all the different generations that you have? Um, the language that you use, you know, it, it's quite disrespectful to to call your Gen Zellers, and, I, and I've heard this said, you know, they're all snowflakes, you know, they're all suffering from mm. anxiety. You know, that's actually quite disrespectful. But on the reverse side, then to hear, you know, well, you know, God, you know, Mike X um, doesn't know how to use technology because, you know, God forbid it, he's over 50. Hmm. Again, it's, it's, you know, and so I think we, in, in the world that is far more inclusive, we all have to be mindful of the language that we're using and understand, you know, what it means to have an intergenerational workforce. It's almost a kind of acceptable level of discrimination, isn't it? Because it is put down as, as banter. And absolutely. It is absolutely fascinating because we, we've got a really good diverse range of ages here. And I kind of notice it mainly around music and yeah. frequently, fre take frequently, <laughs> frequently mentioning uh, bands that I think are, are current and hip to the jive, <laughs> only to be um, told, who? <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. But even if you look at, dress sense so you know if I look around my office what I deem and I'm a 40 plus year old woman what I deem acceptable as dressing and I've and I've learned to dress down I'm, I like and again I think you know when I first started in the workforce going to work I had specific work attire that mm. was just for work you know and now you know we, we, the world has become certainly more relaxed um I saw I saw something around Brad Pitt on, on the red carpet and he was in like denim shirt and like slack trousers and it was like you know gone are the days where he used to wear a tuxedo so you know if Hollywood can do it then we can all do it but I think what is you know really telling is when you go into the workforce and you'll often see the dress sense very different mm. from those that are millennials and gen Zers often over your slightly older workforce and so I think it's it's from the it can be something as simple as as dress sense and music you know which is something we all have commonalities in to something quite extreme as um, that work, cu work culture balance and benefits and things that really impact people's lives. Yeah, and it's interesting also from like a marketing point of view, like when we're looking at say recruitment marketing and the difference in TikTok, for example, like people were saying, we don't, we won't use that, but but your younger generation absolutely will. Absolutely. So you need to be thinking about that. Yeah, and also I, I then sort of find that I have some of these niggling insecurities because TikTok isn't natural social media platform for me to be on. But then you kind of, you know, it's it's incumbent upon me to understand and know what's kind of happening out there. But it doesn't feel like a necessarily a kind of immediately comfortable place. So, so it, it's funny how it can foster some insecurities as you do get a bit older. No, and actually I had this conversation with a, a client of mine in the telecom sector who who works for what you would think is a, a youth a youth telecoms brand, but 
as somebody who was in his late 30s, he was like, I don't feel cool enough to understand what our audiences are doing. And like you say, you know, the, the rapid use of social media doesn't fit in with my lifestyle. I'm a father of two, I've, you know, and, and it is that, you know. Mm. But I think ultimately we do need to understand, but we, you know, we're not expected to know it all. And I think almost, it's almost kind of like, ask, ask them. Like, yeah. you know, like for example, you know, as I'm sure there will be, there's um, new social media platforms coming up. And I've got a 17 year old nephew. I ask, I just ask him. I'm like, so, so what are you using now? And I think that is actually the, in, in some cases, it's that thing of just expanding your mind and being really open as opposed to holding on so dear to the things that you know. It's kind of like, okay, well, this is what I know, but actually um, tell me about what you're doing. I'm really, and I'm really interested to know about the things that you, you know, the, the social platforms, like the terminology that you use or why you're doing this. I think it's, you know, the, the key part of inclusivity for all is always about feeling comfortable enough to ask questions about yeah. somebody, a, question, a, a situation. So, Jerry, what benefits can companies reap from having a diverse age range in their workforce? You know what? I think the biggest one for me is just, you know, great, greater representation of your of your audience. You know, like whatever your product is, whatever your brand is, you're serving a community of people. And that community of people generally will be quite diverse, you know, and across all the, the, the characters you've mentioned. So I think that is then should be reflected in the company because your output will be greater. You'll have greater effective communication. Ultimately, with the company, you'll have greater problem solving skills. If you've got people from different generations, different ethnicities, when you all come together to solve a challenge, you're, you know, you're tapping into all that lived, shared experience. That means, you know, what you deliver to your end consumers as a service, as a brand, as a comms style is more authentic and heartfelt. So I think hmm. better problem solving, but also better flexibility and ad adaptability to the wider world is actually two of the biggest benefits for me of having an intergenerational workforce. So um, as a man fast approaching 50, um, apart from me wearing a tracksuit and a baseball cap around the wrong way, um, what other best practices can you share for bridging the gap um, and creating that positive intergenerational workforce culture? Um, I think I go back to what I said earlier, which is one of the things I think is always um, the feedback loop. So ensure that you have different styles of comms that allows every age or every generation within your your workforce to feedback so if you're doing surveys feel good pulse surveys you know and you know that certain demographics maybe are not filling it in um as high than other demographics then think about how you readjust that make sure that feedback loop across the business covers everyone and you know even in in, in my team you know when we're thinking about ideas and, and you know sometimes hmm. ideas are being seeded down from the board director down through to managers. And I will often say, right, but what about our, our new starters? What about our junior member staff? How are that is how is that feeding down? How are they included in some of those wider company conversations? So it's about having a good feedback loop, but it's also about including all generations in some of those larger decisions. And mm. okay, you know, let's face it, not all, not everyone can have a voice, you know, when these big uh, senior level, board level decisions being made. But what you can do is create a focus group yeah. that has someone from all the generations of all the levels to just go, right, this is what we want to launch. How is this? How will this narrative play out, do you think, for you and mm. others that may be like you within our business? Do you think we should tweak it? Because I think that feedback loop, loop is really important. 
absolutely. I think there are other things about, you know, readdressing your hiring process, ensuring that that's inclusive. To your point earlier, Sarah, making sure you're losing platforms that reach all the different generations and ensuring that your language will make your um make your 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 business feel more welcoming to all the different generations yeah and i think you know also i would also say think about your employee value proposition you know we live in a a generation now where and i think you know rightly so after the pandemic well-being and health and mental health in particular is at the forefront of you know reasons as to why i'm going to work at a company so you know as an employee employer your value proposition to your staff has got to be right and it's got to reflect you know and that's how you retain good staff of all generations that's how you encourage them in you know that whole retention piece that's how you encourage them in and that's how you because you you know you're thinking about that unique culture that you've got you're thinking about all the opportunities of career development you're thinking about how they learn you're thinking about their onboarding process um and it, you know we live in a omni-channel environment now you know and and that is partly because of all the different generations we've got and i think in every part of your business your response has always got to be omni you know omni-channel first yeah absolutely and also it's just asking yourself that question isn't it in terms of like you say having those focus groups and just making sure that whatever you're doing whatever you're communicating that you are including all absolutely and um, because um, all Gen Zs have a, a tiny, tiny attention span, we, we keep these bite-sized <laughs> for that reason. That, that was a joke, by the way. Um, so um, one of the final questions that we do ask people is what your top reads or listens are at the moment that you recommend to people. Oh, oh God. Okay. So, um, so top listens. Um, I am listening to a podcast called The Coaching Crowd. Mm-hmm which is fantastic and i recommend this for anybody not just managers but um just a great a great podcast by two coaching facilitators who really talk about how you bring coaching into everyday conversations that's one um i'm also sort of dipping in and out um the seven habits of highly effective people Mm -hmm. it's a very long podcast but i'm dipping in and out of that one um one you know when we talk about intergenerational conversations there is a fantastic um, podcast series and YouTube series called The Audacity of We mm-hmm. by a young lady called Mercy Abel. And I actually mentored her and um, she absolutely nails this whole like intergenerational. She is about the workforce and entering that workforce. So I'd recommend that. And then I, um, I think my last one would be um, there's a book and it's called The Business of You. Mm-hmm. And essentially um it's to support anybody that is thinking about transitioning in work and trying to understand what their business model so essentially what it does is take the classic business model and overlay it with your own personal identity and traits and try and help you work out what are the things that you want to love and what you look for from work so those are my top top listens top reads top watches Wow, that's fantastic. I know. You've done nothing to make me feel like I'm achieving any more <laughs> than I did at the start after your introduction. Yeah, just one would have been fine. Where did you get the time from, Jerry? It's amazing. I don't watch TV. I was, people ask me this all the time, and I actually said, I don't watch TV anymore. I realised that's the thing that I had to go. Mm. So, um, I mean, it's on in the background, but I'm not, I'm not wedded to any show. You're not actively watching it. I'm not actively yeah. watching it. I'm generally on my laptop, and yeah. I just don't watch TV anymore. 
Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Sarah, Roger, it was absolutely my pleasure. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening. For more expert insights, check out our other bite-sized episodes. Perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span, just like me. And if you're interested in being a guest, reach out to us at leapcreate.co.uk. See you next time. Thank you.